Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched if I do say so myself. I've noticed that and I think our listeners have noticed too because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Sexy Unique Podcast. We're doing things a little bit differently today because the one and only Ikaro is in the hospital with an infection. So he is unfortunately out of commission, cannot pod from hospital. He's fine and he's going to be okay, but it's a little bit of Christmas drama and I've had to call in some recon. So today with me, you know her from our podcast together, Too Niche. It's Elizabeth Cott. 
Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I just found out that news about Le Hospital. Mm-hmm. Live. And I, I'm so sorry. Whoa. The shock on my face. Live reaction to Carrie's hospitalization. <laughs> wow. I also feel like right now I'm sort of living out the dream of every sub fan across the world. And I thank you. I love that you say that. And I love that you're here on the pod today because I didn't, I guess I started to realize like when we first started hanging out that you were a fan of the pod and like listened to it a lot. And then, so you are versed in the lore of the pod, the style, and then you're also like a housewife super fan. Yeah. I'm a subhead. And we also are podcasting together. So Carrie's hospitalization is a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie, so much for making my dreams come true. So he's going to be okay, though, right? Yeah, he's going to be t- he's going to okay. be fine. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thoughts and prayers and well wishes. Yeah. And it's a good it's a good cliffhanger to keep the to keep the listeners on their toes, engaged with the content, wanting more, tuning into the next episode to see what happened with Ikado and hear about his hospital stay. So this is just we're firing on all cylinders as like great promo for SUP, great promo for two niche thoughts and prayers to carry. And yeah, it's 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 gonna be good. Carrie's hospitalization is basically Heather's eye to me right now. I don't even know. There's so much mystery. It's a life imitating art once again. I think after this episode, no spoilers, but Heather might have gone by way of the second season, Leah McSweeney. She's got the Leah McSweeney's mm. for me right now. Okay. As in dazzled me at first and no longer caring anymore. Mm-hmm. Almost frustrating. I'm frustrated with her and I think that she has like, I'm like, what chokehold does she have on a Bravo exec that she's like becoming the most heavily featured person on this season and like is being positioned as though she's a fan favorite? Because she was giving us a really kind of delightful Greek chorus a la Bethany. I'm not saying she did it as well as Bethany, but we always love the person who can kind of comment on what's happening in a way that speaks to the everyman or the audience. And Heather did that really well. But what she's not doing well is landing the plane (laughs) (laughs) on a storyline. And that's what I need. There's she's go girl give us absolutely nothing i just don't nothing i feel like you shouldn't be allowed to do what she's doing right now right exactly it it's frustrating let's get into the episode proper because there's like we were kind of talking offline it's like there's not much to discuss yet there also is a lot to be said for what's going on yes Number one, I feel like I've never known a life where these women aren't in San Diego on this vacation. Right? And they're on day three. The math doesn't math. Way too long. Way too long to be there. I'm like, when Like when is this trip ending? It seems like it's never going to end. I, wrote, I That was literally my first note. So we're already coming in on the exact same page. And then 
my favorite part is them waking up and Meredith on her high horse about washing her face because that's so relatable. When I was like big time drinking, drinking, I always knew if I had had a wild night before, if I had not washed my face and just like fallen into bed with like a full face of makeup, the first thing I would do in the morning after a blackout is like touch my eyes to see if I had eye makeup on still. And if I did, I knew it was, I was in trouble. She was like, Jen, you didn't even wash your face. At least I washed my face. Like, whoa, okay, bitch. (laughs) I love it. So, okay, Jen gets a text from Heather and then goes into Heather's room. Heather's like, please come here. Like it's an urgent or some shit like that. First off the bat, like I think that Jen assaulted Heather, right? Like that's definitely what happened. That's not my theory. You want to know my theory? What? What's your theory? Okay. My theory is that Heather fell while she was drunk. And that she's just making all this up for attention. I don't know the motivation behind making this whole thing about what I think is nothing. However, I feel like she fell while she was drunk or like walked into that plant that we see in the corner of the screen when it's like the surveillance cameras on like I think it's something the most mundane thing ever and we're just getting played no way if that's the truth she deserves like a a pay cut if it was actually something don't you think the producers would be stepping in if someone got assaulted I think that Jen flipped out like went to the dark side blacked out got in a scuffle with Heather and then I think Heather told producers I don't care about this. Like, I'm not going to be the person because Jen's trial is coming up. I think Heather's like, I'm not going to say anything. And I don't want you to say anything. Like, if I'm fine with it, you also have to be fine with it. And then also everyone's in this weird position of being like, if we expose Jen for hitting this woman before she's on trial, like, because I don't think she had pled guilty at this point. So it was still like... I think they're doing a huge cover up for Jen and catering to like her pending trial. I mean, I want it to be that. That sounds much more interesting. But for some reason, I'm just like, I think she just drunk fell. You don't get like that. That's like you don't get like beat up with scratches on your arm and back. And like if you've if you tussled with a plant while you were drunk, there's just no way. (laughs) There's no way. Okay. I'm thinking you're crazy. You're crazy for plant theory. <laughs> plant theory does not track whatsoever. Pure one import love... plant theory doesn't track. <laughs> no, this is like, this is the new staircase. And you've like proposed, I guess, a version of owl theory called plant theory. Fully. And I'm really like, Jen is the murderer. Like, yeah, I love I love that that's where your head's at, but I just cannot accept a world in which a person falls into a plant when they're drunk and ends up with all those injuries. Okay. And the way Jen's acting is really weird. Well, Jen's always acting weird. True. But like Jen fully lost me to just bring it back a full up ep- a few episodes when 
I had been sort of like, not, I wouldn't say team Jen, but I was warming up to Jen this season. Much like you, I was like, well, maybe, well, maybe, maybe she, she is a good person. And maybe these accusations are false or, you know, whatever. I was open. Mm-hmm. But then when she threw those shoes off of that ship, no woman can be trusted if they're going to do something like that. That's unhinged behavior. And lie about it. It just never. Like if I see someone do do something like that, I'm like, oh, you, you're unable to like, you would do anything. And for that, you're out. Yeah. I have now changed my tune on Jen officially. I do think that she is a menace to society. And I do think she should spend a little bit of time in prison. I think she should spend enough time in prison that helps her maybe reform her ways. Maybe not prison, maybe like a bit of an insane asylum vibe or like a th- she could use like a therapeutic boarding school or some sort of like women's retreat. Like they should send Jen to. There's this like woman I follow that has like a women's horseback riding retreat in like the desert in Arizona. Some equine therapy. Yeah, Jen needs some equine therapy. I think yes, that if she I'm can for that. get horses on her side and they would trust her, I think that's a really good judge of character. And like it needs to be like the Sandra Bullock 28 Days movie where she has to like slide her hand down the back of the horse's leg and pick its foot up. And I think Jen needs to do that over and over yeah. for like however long it takes. And that should be the prison sentence. If I were the judge, that's what I would say at this I point. I think honestly, bring take that to the top. <laughs> Tell the judge. Yeah, I think that it could also take her 10 years to do that. So it would all work out like in the aftermath. Also... One thing that says everything to me about Jen's personality is how she asked to touch Heather's eye. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't Heather it? Heather revealed that the bruise and she's like, "Can I touch it?" Ew. Why? Yeah, because she We all know those it. people. We all know those mm-hmm. people who are like, "Touch this." Or like, you know, they're like, "This is so gross. Touch it." Like those kinds of people? No. I clocked that too. And was like, this is kind of strange. Yet I was like, is this maternal? Like, what is this? But now that I'm truly putting together my case against Jen Shaw for the alleged assault on Heather Gay on night three of San Diego, I think that she's like fascinated by it. And she might not even remember. Like, she might have been so blackout that she just turned, flipped a switch and went into like violent mode but then is also like sickly fascinated with her own sadistic creation. Another question I have about this scene is, was that a strip lash applied to the bruise (laughs) or was it an eyelash extension that already existed? That's a great question. I also am like laughing at the fact that like Heather woke up, decided to put a full face of makeup on before the eye reveal. Like, to me, I've had, like, a facial injury before, and, like, that was not my process with, like, dealing with the facial injury. I think for these Salt Lake City women, I don't think they're really doing much without doing a full beat with the cameras around. 
Mm-hmm. Except, Except for Barlow, Barlow in the next scene, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But I was just dead for the serial killer music that started playing as they're talking about like what could have happened. It was a tonal shift, and these like bits about like what hypothetically could have happened. It was losing me quickly. She's flip flopping. She says, "I." She doesn't know what happened. But then when they call Meredith in, they're like, "Meredith, get in here." And they truly, I've never seen Meredith more shocked at a reveal. And then Heather says, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Which then in my mind, like at this point in the episode, I was like, I feel like they're trying to lead us to believe that Whitney did this to her. Like, I feel like they spent a lot of time being like, oh, it was Whitney. And then you start to realize like it wasn't it wasn't the Wild Rose. But like, I it would be crazy if she fell and then is saying all this stuff. Like, I think that I think That's she right. totally knows what happened. <laughs> Jen Shaw, like, fully million dollar babied her in the dead of night. Okay, you're making me question my pure one imports theory. I'm gonna get you on. I'm gonna get you on this the right side of history by the end of this episode. Okay. I'm building. I'm building. My case is being built. I think that also she said. She and Jen were like, or she was like to Jen in the morning, I will text you first to come in the room and we'll play up this whole scene. So it seems like you didn't do this. Like, I think they pre-plan. I think Heather's a sick woman and she's letting Jen get away with this, which is not right. Like, I don't care what you've done. Like, you can't like you. And I don't care if you're like blackout drunk, if you're turning into like a violent person when you're shit faced, like that's a huge problem. And like, I don't believe a person like that deserves anyone to cover for them. But I think that Heather's kind of sick and codependent. And I think she's like fully just covering for her. And I think the entire production is also in on it. And like, and Meredith weirdly is in on it, too, because Meredith's allegiances are always questionable. It's so funny because as much as I like feel whatever about Meredith, she would be the person I some I feel like her like legal background and there's just something about her that that I'd be like I need Meredith in here. So I felt that. I would want Lisa Barlow, I think, cuz I need someone that like You would. I just always want her around, so there's never a situation that I would be like get Lisa out of here. I would get Lisa in because you know she would really overreact and get like really intense about it and be like it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But like Oh my god, that's disgusting, you guys. Who did this? Let me to touch you? it. Yeah, Meredith I think is also covering for Jen. And it's interesting that you bring up the legal background. Cause I feel like, I feel like probably they, I could even see Jen hitting Heather and then them kind of like flipping out about it or whatever. And then asking Meredith what to do, like what would her legal advice be in this situation to not implicate Jen. And then the three of them came up with this like fakery. I'm so confused right now. I don't know what to believe. But also it's crazy because this whole episode is like them trying to throw other people under the bus. Like, because I truly was like, oh, Whitney did this. Like, she got drunk or like came into Heather's room. They had like a cousin fight and like Whitney knocked her around. But then I was like, no, she wouldn't do that. But it's weird to implicate that at all. And then they're 
continuing to try and throw the queen herself, Lisa Barlow, under the bus again and again and again. And I will not stand for that kind of treatment of her. Meredith is not over the hot mic moment. And a few other things that are revealed later that I found hilarious. We'll get there. But yeah, the Meredith revenge plot narrative. It's not really landing for me, but I'll take it as a B plot line. I don't get the sense that Meredith is that calculated, but I also, I don't know what she's capable of. Maybe she is calculating behind the scenes, but I think also she's just like gonna stir the pot and like be a bitch in her own way and is is mad at Lisa and does want to like throw her like under the bus a little bit. Right. I always think about Lisa saying her stupid family that poses like that will just pop up as like a soundbite in my head every once in a while. And I'm like obsessed with that. That's like the best insult. That's also just like so funny to me. Brooks Marks knows his angles. He shan't be faulted for that. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know that hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine? That is where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement, unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code SEXYUNIQUE at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry! Your hair and skin will thank you. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched. 
if I do say so myself. I've noticed that, and I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Whitney is on the couch with Lisa. All the other girls come in and then everyone's sitting there and Whitney says that she heard commotion, but no one came into her room topless. So what happened the night before? And that's when Heather reveals her black eye to the group and then says she doesn't want to talk about it. But then says, I think we all know what happened, but we just don't want to talk about it. And then says she doesn't know what happened. I hate this storyline. I hate this so much. Like, this is illegal. This is illegal. It's so frustrating. And it's like, it's not, they're just not saying it, whatever it is. And I, just to go back to my theory, I just don't think it's anything. You think at the whole end of the thing, she's going to be like, I actually just fell. And I made up all that stuff just to be kooky. I don't know. Because this is a crazy thing. Like, if you really, this is also, if you really just wanted to hide this, I think Heather, like, I was like, this woman is like mentally damaged for what she's doing here because she's coming in hot with a black eye. First of all, if you don't want to talk about it, you simply don't talk about it. Like, you end the conversation about it immediately by saying, Last night, I got so drunk, I tripped over the Pier 1 plant and fell, hit my eye on the side of the couch. And that's like, and that's it. Like, I'm such a drunkard. Like, my God. And then you just make a joke and you never say anything else. You never even open the door for a different possibility. And so the fact that it's like, I think she's also conflicted because... She got the shit beat out of her, but she doesn't want to like Jen Shaw's fighting for her fucking life and about to go on trial. And Heather doesn't want to be the person that's like this menace to society who's about who defrauded like tons of elderly people also beat the shit out of me at like five in the morning while she was blammo drunk. 
Like she doesn't want to be the one to like blow the whistle and ruin Jen's life that she's fighting for. So she's in an awkward position. But I think she actually does really want to talk about it and does want attention for it because you don't you don't show it off and then be like, I don't want to talk about it. You know what it's reminding me of? It's reminding me of that girl in middle school who like shows up with the cast on her arm Mm -hmm. and is like, I don't want to talk about it. Like that vibe. We all know knew that girl. I've been that girl at times. I've been I've had like the attention injury is a real thing. And she's giving she's giving Jamae private school girl as well with like showing something off but not talking about it. I'm like she oh. could have just left the sunglasses on the whole time and nobody would have been the wiser. Instead, she kept whipping them off in a reveal each time. Each time it was like with dramatic music. I actually feel kind of sad for her, maybe. Like, I think I feel empathy for her because she, I truly think that she and Jen's friendship is like so dysfunctional and toxic and she like can't stand up for herself and is like, now, if my theory stands, like covering for her assaulting her, which is insane. And like, no one's forcing the issue because also everyone else is like held hostage by the situation. And I'm now beginning to realize why Bravo cut ties with Jen Shaw, because I feel like it's for shit like this. Like, I don't think they're uncomfortable with being associated with criminals. Like they've made their bread and butter off of associating with criminals. But I think that this stuff is like, it's holding the show hostage and everyone involved is like uncomfortable and can't be honest about what's going on. I'm starting to see your POV. I'm coming around. Yeah, I'm just like, that's like the vibe I'm getting. And I think when she's like, we all just don't want to talk about it. It's everyone is waiting for one person to be like, she did this and no one's going to say anything. And But if that happens while they're filming, we see what happens when there is any sort of fight. And if there's that type of physical damage from a fight you don't think that they would have had like legal there and a whole intervention of producers i think if you don't press charges or just say like i don't care and i'm fine with it and it's fine just like this is the way i want to handle this i feel like because also who wants to be the person like jen's maintaining her innocence she's made like all these huge like it's so multi-layered because not only is she maintaining her innocence at this point, but a big part of her like storyline and like personal lore is about how hard it's been to be a woman of color and being like targeted for that. So that I think also plays into like a larger decision to be sensitive around this kind of stuff or like not, not push back and like, or treat it in like a normal way with like going about like the normal procedure that would be like, some sort of intervention of some sort like and there's just so much at stake that it's like no one wants to be the person to like say or do anything that could get her in even more trouble which is fucked because it would be her own actions that put her in that position right (sighs) i'm darked out that's all I know. I'm really dark. I, I I'm really. Dark I don't out. like the storyline either way. It's like they're just not. If that is the case, then they need to just 
say it and move on. But I see what you're saying that they can't. They feel like they can't. But I'm like, you can and you should. Like if I'm if someone's going around like hitting people. Also, I'm like, if you're that drunk that you fell over and like deeply injured yourself, it's time to like take stock of your What would alcoholic. Carrie say right now? Carrie would absolutely think it was Jen. He, I'm sure. I think so. Okay. Also, do they have a camera on the door the whole night? I feel like they're sitting on some sort of footage. Or do they turn the cameras off after a certain point? I don't know. Those cameras weird me out. They're really bizarre. I was like, this is so weird. Like, what is this? Like, Celebrity Big Brother? Like, It's giving Winter House. Yeah, it's very strange to have a camera on you as you're sleeping. But I'm also like, okay, then where's the footage? Like, other shows, do other shows drag shit out like this for this long? They do if there's a non-story. Like, think of every single time a franchise has gotten the way of not getting to the point of it and moving on. It's because there's nothing else happening. Like, I'm thinking about Aspen Gate. Aspen, Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it happened on New Jersey. It's never happened with our girls in New York. We know that. No, they are. They came to play (laughs) and they know how to work. They keep it moving. I don't even know what to make of this like whole situation, except have the Jen theory. I can't just like have Heather laugh it off. I also loved Whitney because I I was like, Whitney definitely did this. And then when she's like, Heather, they're saying this makes me feel sick and want to puke. And I was like, it, either Whitney's like the uh, the sociopath, like the best actor and sociopath. Like I've never known a crazier, a wilder rose. But then I was like, I don't think she did this. I really think that Jen did it because like the look on Jen's face and like there, she just starts being like really quiet in a way that I was like, you fully attacked Heather. Like there's no question in my mind. And they do keep playing like serial killer music every time they pan to Jen. Just saying. So then they I were rollerblading. The and well, the fat. Oh yeah, r- right. They're the go kart first, but I just had. But it is revealed that Whitney's a blader, and nothing has been less surprising to me in my entire life. She has big time blader energy. Huge. <laughs> so I just liked Huge. that. It's just nice when things check out like that, and I was like, yes. Heather choosing to sit with Lisa and. Because she knows that Lisa will just blab and blab about her own life and never ask a question. I was like, this is why Lisa Barlow is the queen of Sundance is because if you say you don't want to talk about it, she's not going to press you. She's going to respect your boundaries and then tell you all about her shopping exploits. That was my exact read, too. She's like, I just don't. You said you didn't want to talk about it. So we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Let me tell you about my outfit queen she was i bought a dress it was eight hundred dollars and i showed john and he said wow it looks like it was 80 and i was like tell i would literally kill someone if it meant that i could sit and listen to lisa barlow tell me about her day from start to finish this podcast is we only see and honor lisa barlow and that's that like and if you have a problem you've got to just fuck off right now because Lisa's the only thing that matters. She is the woman. She's the apple of my eye. I don't also like that they're allowing these women to split up and do separate activities. They keep splitting them up. Yeah, what the fuck? I think it's because like the formula they're working with now is split up, split up, 
talk about each other, each have a separate conversation about the exact same thing, then come together in the evening for a dinner in which it's revealed that you both talked about the same thing and then we're all going to talk about it. It's like math. I'm like, are certain people saying like, I don't want to be around Jen because she's like dangerous. So then they're making them split up. The split up thing is really bizarre to me. That's an interesting theory. I also, I I clocked the split up thing. I think it's weird, but I think it's mainly just to keep the show moving so that people can talk about each other behind their backs versus, and to like lead up to some sort of, an explosive conflict at dinner. Exactly. Snooze. Give us nothing, Rose Silk. I know. Just can you not take a page out of the Roni book and just have an explosive conflict everywhere you go 24-7 and then get over it and then get have another one like five minutes later? Like, I don't see what's the big what's the hold up with that? I feel like our muscles as housewives watchers have atrophied and this is what we get now. Mm-hmm. Like OC still serves and does or is doing things right. Like you didn't love it. Mm. Did you watch this past season? Probably the season you're on at the moment. Okay. The most current season. Of course. Oh, I, that's what I started with. That's what sucked me in because it just came on randomly after I was watching something else. And I like let it play oh. out because I thought that it was a past season. And then I like saw Heather Dubrow. I just like didn't know what was going on. I was like, Peacock, just take me on a journey right now. Like, uh, Jesus, Peacock, take the wheel is what I said. And then I got so sucked in, watched the whole season, thought it was amazing, was truly, I've never been more obsessed with anyone than Noella who brought levels of insanity that I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen shit like that in a long time it was like everything hearkening back to the glory days of kelly killer and ben simone and then found out yeah gone way too soon fired for unclear reasons i don't know what to make of like gina i'm kind of like why are you why are you a real housewife like why are you in this world i don't understand i don't understand when a housewife isn't like really wealthy I'm like what are you doing here it's hard for me I agree I think they're really trying to push like a Gina Emily yeah. buddy narrative on us that I frankly don't care about I do like Emily though because she reminds me of a drag queen and I like and I also like her reads on things and I like that she will like get explosive with people and talk shit and like confront people to their faces and I really enjoy her on the screen. But yeah, Gina, to me, I'm like, okay. yeah. But I don't know. I'm I love, like, where I love your we perspectives. We need. I'm looking forward for Tamara to be back. I think that's going to add some much needed spice into the mix. And I don't know. The, the past two OC seasons didn't really land for me. But I think OC is also best watched. The way you're reviewing it, which is just a deep, hard binge. A weekly viewing for OC yeah, doesn't. I can't imagine. Like, I'm now, really I've watched seasons 9, 10, and I'm like on 11 now, and I can't imagine having to wait week to week, like, especially during the Vicky and Brooke stuff. Like, I would have been pulling my hair out. It's like a blessing and a divine intervention that I wasn't hooked on that show at that time because it would have been too much. But, like, <laughs> 
Right. God only gives you <laughs> as much as he knows you can handle. Yeah. And he knew that I could not handle that. What you can handle. Like, they, we need Vicky back. When did when did Gina and Emily get into the mix? What season did they come on the show? Did they come in and someone else went out? I feel like it's been like four or five seasons at this point. What season did Vicky get fired? Ooh, you're really testing my knowledge at the moment. I don't remember. I think Vicky's been gone for two seasons. I'm like, also, why would you fire Vicky Gunvalson? She's one of the all-time great. I honestly, I have a very controversial opinion. What's that? I say justice for Bronwyn. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Bronwyn. I'm excited for her to like have her in the mix because she's she's a great housewife. I met her and I was like, this woman is like, whatever she's doing, it's working for me. And it, it told I was like, I can see her being on a reality show. And that sounds that seems great. Yeah, no, it's I mean, things get a little dark, but she deals with her stuff and then comes out the other end of it. No spoilers. That's what you want is like a hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. That's why I still want her in the mix. I would love her currently in the mix. And then I'm trying to think of like, oh, Kelly Dodd. I mean, I haven't got obviously haven't gotten to the part where she's like just total like a garbage person. But the way she came in so hot and ready to just like go head to head born to housewife yeah she's doing really important work and also i was like this is genius level behavior on her part because she pairs off with vicky she's like knows that vicky doesn't have like an in with these women but she can get a lot of screen time if she befriends vicky and then they become like an alliance against the rest of the women and i was like this is a power play like she's doing it she's doing it right so far and then shannon storms the door that redemption arc is unbeatable there's no one better than shannon bedore i think about her every day and I'm I'm never not thinking about Shannon. She's truly I've never seen or met like a, a woman like her who should never have been on reality TV yet we're blessed with her presence and her journey and yeah, she's so good. I think about that's not my fucking plate like 3 times a month. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm just like every time like, I love that whenever she goes, wow, when she doesn't know what to say, she's always like, wow. And then in recent seasons, it's been like shame on you, like shaming people. And I love that she's an old soul in the sense that she's always been like a 78 year old woman at heart. Yeah. Ugh. Do we have to get back to Salt Lake City now? We have to get back to Salt Lake City. Meredith spills some sec beans she says someone sent her an sec filing and i'm hopeful that maybe you can explain to me what this all means because i a don't know what it means and b i don't care really because if you're gonna try and come for lisa barlow who i believe is a great businesswoman i'm a vita vulture and i won't accept any slander but i do want to know like what meredith is trying to insinuate here I was, I'm not really sure about the SEC filing. I think the SEC filing was 
I'm not even going to touch that part, but I know that the crowdfunding part, which was the other accusation, mm-hmm. which Meredith is like, I can't imagine wanting to crowdfund in this stage in my life unless I had no other choice. Like just planting that bomb half on the mm-hmm. nod. She's just like, they're in the sprinter van. And I was like, is it a limo or is it a sprinter van? It's SLC. It's definitely a sprinter van. And I just feel like it's, again, and it's like they're playing kind of dirty and it's not fun. No, because it's like, if you say all this jargon and you're also on a show with someone who has allegedly scammed people and like financially swindled people if you bring up something that sounds jargony and like sus you're immediately going to assume as most of the viewers would assume like oh lisa is also like a sketch ball or whatever but now i'm looking up an sec filing and it says sec filings are important regulatory documents required of all public companies to provide key information to investors or potential investors so Also, Lisa Barlow said, okay, so here's my like basic, here's my theory that I'm not going to try and fact check. I'm just going to see, I'm going to just send out my vibes on what this SEC stuff is about. And then someone can like correct me or a business person can like weigh in. Legitimate. But so Lisa said later on this episode that like she named like the company name was like Jack and Henry Spirits or something like that. So I feel like she's this is not even her company or like this is has nothing to do with Vita tequila it might be like starting a separate beverage company for jack and henry where she might crowdfund she said something like that's for ciudad yeah which is like a different there's like a ciudad and maybe it's like she's starting their own business so it would crowdfund like with fan like i don't know she would they would I don't raise money for their business or something. She's trying to raise like girl boss sons. Totally. Like the fuck no off. Fault with that. <laughs> no, the whole thing was so crazy. And I just love how Lisa was like, I don't pop pills, bitch. You do. That was amazing. Meredith also is fully trashed and or on pills by the end of this like sprinter van ride. She's fully on the nod and it's like a little bit concerning. I forgot also that this is what they do on the show is they're not honest about anything that goes on. They kind of just let rumors happen or like they never really confront anyone. They never make anyone like tell the truth. And it just is kind of like everyone's hiding something. Yeah. It just feels like Meredith is so mad about that hot mic moment. And it's all leading to this. And like, I think as an audience, we're over it. We've moved past. And the fact that this is the only plot that's anchoring the show at the moment is exhausting. Like, it makes me sad. Would you be that mad if someone had a hot mic moment and was saying that about you? Like, would you, you'd be mad at first, but like, maybe eventually you would think it was really funny? Or do you think you'd be like mad for life? If it wasn't true, I feel like I would be mad at the person for saying it, but I would just like let it roll off. But I also, I don't know. I've never oh, been in yeah, that situation. I guess, like, the true. Yeah, I've never been either. But I was like, <laughs> I would 
think like I would be really mad at first, but then eventually I'd be like, this is iconic. Like I would make it into like a ringtone right. or like make a hit but single. But that's not Meredith. <laughs> oh, I would for sure just take it to the charts immediately. But that's not Meredith's personality. She does not have fun with this show. And I think that that is like the fundamental issue that I have with most of her scenes is she just disengages from the narrative and walks away instead of just like engaging and moving on Mm -hmm. and it's that's just like not fun for the viewer and ultimately these women have to understand that they're here for our entertainment and I think Lisa kind of understands that like or has a sense of humor about things a little bit like she's obviously doing damage control for the hot mic moment but like I think she also there's a lightness about her that's an enjoyment factor I think of being on this show that comes through yeah and it also directly helps her businesses Mm -hmm. yeah so she's like like we all know about fresh wolf now yeah I think about she's using it far too much Mm -hmm. what do you think it smells like I think it smells like fresh pine in the winter I've actually smelled it and I can't remember (sighs) what it smells like but it was like kind of a mixture of like hairspray soap shaving cream axe deodorant old spice like really really strong that actually really tracks but a girl can dream it's like a it was like a very strong very scented product that would like linger on pillows and stuff according to where did you try it my i was in I went to Mexico City last year and some of the guys that I was on vacation with, they had like bought Fresh Wolf. One of them had bought Fresh Wolf for the other for Christmas. And so they were trying the Fresh Wolf products, but they were like, these are truly like the set, the most scented, like a scent that lingers wherever your head touches. There will be Fresh Wolf on that that will also linger. And if that touches something, there will be Fresh Wolf on that. And like it they, it was. We have to haul. I know we've got a haul. Fresh wolf. Angie says in regards to Meredith, she goes, birds of a feather flock together, but not pretty birds, seagulls. And no one likes seagulls because they shit all over everyone. And I was, I feel like that's a shortened version of this journey that she took us on in this analogy. But I was like, this is, I'm ready for her to do more analogy work. Because that really... Yeah, I love a housewife that gives us an analogy that's, like, the biggest reach of all time. But, like, somehow figures out how to land the plane. Yeah, I was like, where is she going? We're on feathers. (laughs) There's seagulls. But no one likes seagulls. And, like, what? And then I was like, oh, my God, this woman's a genius. Like, more, please. More. More, more, more. Okay, so then we're at Greek night. And then right off the bat, all the women are dressed as goddesses. And then I guess because Queen Lisa Barlow's in a blue two-piece, she's then compared to Brittany and Justin. Denim looks, again, bad analogy. Not working. Yeah, not working. And also, you don't deserve to say anything unless the thing that's coming out of your mouth is Jen hit me in the dead of night. Like, I'm done with you. And please don't speak until you're ready to tell the truth. I'm like, can a producer send Heather to her room for the rest of the episode or like put her in the corner and say, you're not allowed 
to be in this show until you talk about what's happening. Like, what kind of permissive producing is going on behind the scenes? I have no idea, but you're absolutely right. Someone needs to crack the whip around here. She has no business saying anything. Yeah. And like, I love that Lisa refuses to really dress up for any sort of themed event ever. And if she wants to be Helen of Troy. No, because she's better than that. Yeah, she can be she can say she's Helen of Troy and I accept it. In a Chanel-esque two-piece Grecian. I got it. It was a Grecian blue. It was working. Yeah, she looks great. Mm-hmm. She landed it. It was great. And then I love how Heather was like, who pissed in Lisa Barlow's Diet Coke? And everyone knows I loved an unhinged Lisa Barlow. I was like, again, what's happening with your eye? What is going on? Stop talking. She needs a shock collar that's like every time she opens her mouth and isn't saying what happened the night before, she gets shocked. Also, she comes to this party with an eye patch that she says that Jen just had in her luggage and it's bedazzled. And Meredith bedazzled it for her. I'm like, you three are in on some sort of like sick cover up and I'm not. I'm not going to take it anymore. And then keeping with the evil eye theme. Oh, yeah. We, we learn about um, Angie Kay's Grecian backstory, which I always love getting a glimpse of their origin story. So I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I think that was the first time we've had a Greek housewife. Yeah. To my knowledge. I think so, too. To my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong, but I... I'm also like, why have we not had Greek housewives? Because I love like, I love Greek people and like Greek matriarchs in specific and just like Greek culture. So I'm like, I'm really ready to have like same this being brought to the table. That was sort of like my only light from the show was like, we're learning a little more about Angie K. I like it. And Angie K is given so much over the course of the San Diego journey. Carrying the show on her back, basically, doing more work than any friend of has ever done. From a someone throwing a beverage on her head to now. She gave us like Roni level drama where it's like, I'm going to flip out. I'm going to air you the fuck out and then I'm going to get over it and we'll have like a Greek party. Exactly. Moving on to the next. That's the energy that all these housewives need to be harnessing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So then Whitney brings up the SEC shit talking and then like puts Meredith in the hot seat for having to like say why she would spread these rumors. And then Lisa Barlow obviously is like, what do you want from me? Like I had a hot mic moment. You're still so mad about that. Like I just don't get it. I love her being like, I had one, I did one thing bad as a friend and like, you'll never get over it. And 
I don't think that that's true. Obviously, I think that you probably had tension over a lot of stuff. But then Heather lists all the things that Lisa Barlow's done bad to her. And one of the things on there was canceling her makeup artist in the peak time peak pandemic when she couldn't find anyone else and i was like at the nth hour what are you talking about why are you getting why are you even having a makeup artist in peak pandemic times honestly this to me i was like that there it is she just said it this is the motivation for this whole whole situation she's like and then at the 11th hour during a pandemic can't just find another makeup artist quickly. I'm going to hold on to that for the rest of my life. The pandemic really did give some people who would love nothing more than to have like a chip on their shoulder about someone else. Like it gave people who like, how do I want to put this? Okay. People that have like resentments building against someone else. When the pandemic happened and like that someone that they had resentments against like did something they could then just use it to really like bring the pandemic into like why they just like really can't fuck with this person anymore when it actually has nothing to do. Like, I'm like, you don't care about the pandemic. It just like makes it whatever they did sound way worse when you like bring the pandemic into this. But it has actually nothing totally. to do with that in most cases. Yeah, but I love this. It's like at the the 11th hour in the height of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. She's just holding that in her back pocket. And don't get me wrong, like, I love to hold pandemic resentment against people that I don't like or like personalities that I don't like and like use that as ammunition. If there's one great thing about COVID, it gave us some ammunition for really putting other people on blast. It really revealed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I also am like, unless you're talking about like, you gave my grandmother COVID and my grandmother passed away. Like you really can't like you really can't and shouldn't bring a pandemic into your resentments or you just need to honor the fact that you're you're using it. You're using the pandemic excuse. You're pulling the pandemic card. Yeah, no, the pandemic card, it's always there. Mm -hmm. And then I love this rant versus tirade discourse. (laughs) It was a rant. Well, to me, it was a tirade. It was a a, tirade. It was a rant. It was a tirade. (laughs) It was a rant. Like, what is happening? Also, wait, we have to go back to mention the evil eyes that everyone's gifted. And I swear they pan in on Jen looking at it. And I just feel like I could see her, like, realizing that she's not going to be allowed to wear jewelry when she's in jail. Like, that's what she's thinking about. Damn. All the girls are like, I'll never take this off. And she's just looking at it like... I'll get like so true. three months out of you. Well, she's also I'm like looking at her and I'm like, I'm looking at her through the lens of like, you're guilty. You're so scared that someone's going to say something about you attacking Heather gay. But you also can't help yourself when it comes to like freaking out on people or putting other people on blast or being like in the drama. And it's all just showing on her face right now. And not to mention like the like she's thinking of like the trial and then her eventual like jail time. She's holding a lot and I'm not knocking that. And I'm, but I also think, and you made this point in a previous episode, if you are going through what Jen is going through, 
why would you not just be on like the most perfect behavior possible so that nobody could point to you and go, oh, she's unhinged, i.e. throwing a $1,200 shoe off of a boat. Like that just doesn't help your case. Yeah, I don't think that she can actually help herself. I think that she acts against her own best interest like 90% of the time. Yeah. Like she should not, given her history and like explosive behavior, like patterns, she should have listened to her lawyers and like not been on the show for this season. But it's also like she wants the attention she wants like whatever perks are coming with it probably wants and needs the paycheck, but like doesn't understand that she will bury herself because she doesn't she also does not handle stress well, which is an understatement. Right. Well, I even from the first season when Jen first came on the scene for me, it felt like she was kind of reading like a housewife's handbook and pull, picking and choosing like little elements from previous housewives like. Her Shaw squad was very Sonia Morgan and her interns and just like freaking out about this, that and the other thing and throwing a drink. And like, you know, it's like classic housewives behavior that it never felt genuine to me. It always felt like she was putting it on. Mm -hmm. And with this season, even like her outrage and like everything that she's dealing with, it's still just it feels so disingenuous. Like, I just don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I think it's like all feels that way because we know that she is like a dishonest person or a scammer. So you just like can't trust anything she says or does. But I do think that like, I do think the like anger management issues are real for her. They're, as Whitney would say, they're raw. So I had like kind of a revelation today. I watched the episode in a very, in a way that I've never watched an episode before, which is I went to a nearby gym and walked on a treadmill and just watched the episode on my phone, which I was like, God, I'm truly multitasking and just like killing the game today. But I can't I can't recommend that method enough. But I was also like laughing out loud at certain parts. And thankfully, like the gym was empty. But one part that really got me so good was like after Angie K sits down and she's like talked about her like grandparents or like parents immigration story lisa barlow leans in she goes i love that your parents were actual immigrants <laughs> or said something to that effect and i truly started like guffawing at the gym i was dead lisa barlow is a comedic genius she really is and that's the takeaway from this whole non-starter of an episode yeah preserve lisa barlow's innocence at all costs like, she shouldn't be allowed to like watch episodes because i don't want her to like pick up on it's the worst when a tv personality like picks up on it yeah. and then plays into it it's like we have to keep her pure but i think she might stay pure yeah she can't go by way of dorinda mm -hmm. no 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 and then we have whitney whitney's saying i don't know if i can do the whitney voice that you guys do because it's so perfect and i feel like i'm just not able to live up to the perfection. You know what I'll say is that you have a bit of a wild rose voice organically. Oh, I've been told. Oh, somebody <laughs> DM'd me one time and they said, you know, you sound like Whitney from Real Housewives no. in Salt Lake City. 
And I still processing that. You have shades of wild rose, but that's something I love and treasure about you. Thank you. But I would be remiss. Let's get real, you guys. To not point that out in a kind with love, with love and light. There are yeah. shades of Whitney Rose. That's how that's how I would. Put right. It. So I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just say this line as I would normally say it. Yeah. Say because it. Normal. How do you love? How do you move forward? Knowing that everyone remembers it differently and feels differently, knowing we all love each other. And then here's what's happening. Now they're doing some sort of like tied in a bow, Danny Tanner style, full house. And then we get another horrible analogy. This chilled me. From Heather comparing their whole relationship to one another as her bruised eye for raw. That didn't track at all for me and I was also like that's when I was like what's actually going on I was shaken to my core by her trying to like bring that back it was so bad and then we have the producer going so who are you trying to protect and Heather goes myself is that what made you think that she just fell is when she said I'm trying to protect myself (laughs) so she like doesn't so that she doesn't Look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see that now. This is literally, this is the staircase. It's something or nothing. nothing. I'm the fact that this was the episode to recap. Yeah. I was like, I was really hoping for more. I remember also 12 minutes into the episode. I was like, wait, how have we not like just gotten to the bottom of what happened to Heather's eye? Like what, like what's the timestamp here? Like I can't, what's going on? And I like checked and I was like, we're 12 minutes into something that you have teased since the dawn of season three. Like what, this is, this is torture. I don't think we're going to get it. And I had a like, I don't moment think where I was like, yeah, I was like, should we give up on recapping this show? Because... They do not deserve the honor of being discussed on this podcast if they're, this is what they're going to give us. Yet here we are. I speak as a sub fan, a listener, maybe. Recapping that, I love talking to you on the mic. It is amazing. But recapping that episode was hard. My joy is sucked from me. Yeah, when Bravo makes you resent truly one of the best jobs anyone could ever have, which is you watch TV and talk about it and people then pay to listen to you do that. Dream job. When you're feeling like angry about that, there's a huge problem. And that problem is Bravo, not me. (laughs) No, no. And I had to put my foot down last season with Vanderpump Rules and just like fully give up on it without any sort of acknowledgement because I was like, I've truly had enough. Like I, these people don't deserve another second of my time. That being said, I will give them another shot when this right. next season, whenever it happens. But like, that's where I'm at is like, it needs to be fun. And if you can't make it fun and good, which is you do your job, Bravo, and I'll do mine. That's where I'm at. And that's they're right. not, they're not pulling their weight. It's a one-sided relationship. I mean, the, the fact that we left that episode with no answer and no clear directive as to what it could could be because now i'm questioning my theory 
but I'm also questioning your theory. But I still, I, I just, I stand by that it's truly, it's nothing. That she like banged herself into that plant. <sighs> okay. And she just doesn't want to look dumb. I don't think my heart is telling me that it was Jen and everyone's involved in the cover up of the century. I mean, I basically want it to be that at this point. Way more interesting. Way more salacious. I just don't think you can get that kind of injury and scratches. And she had lipstick. She had lipstick on her hand. Yeah, from going like rubbing her face when you're drunk. I need it. Like, did you watch the staircase? Like, yeah, um, I watched the documentary. I didn't watch the HBO. You didn't watch it on the HBO one. They had several recreations of what could have happened in the staircase. One Mm -hmm. was like, all were very brutal and bloody, but one was just like, oh, she one explored like, oh, she just slipped and fell, but then savaged herself in the process. But I need like HBO level recreations of what could have happened to Heather Gay. Like I need the plant. I need Jen attacking her. I need Whitney attacking her. I need your sex theory, which I also think is more likely them having like rough sex they are like someone on the patreon commented they're like the teenagers in 13 when they're like hit me and they're like huffing i was yeah, like that's their relationship totally. i also would love to see like i liked when jen was like heather matched with someone on tinder and he came over and things got rough like i would love to let's explore that in the hbo recreations like yeah I'm open. I'm open to whatever it is, but I don't support this like caginess. And I don't think it's entertaining. If that's really what it is, it's like it's not entertaining. It's frustrating to the audience. And again, time will tell. Plantgate is killing me. My mom has like a plant that is a fake plant, like a huge kind of fake fig tree. And I'm imagining. What if I had an unfortunate run-in with her plant? Like, would it? I like I might recreate this at home just to see. Got into a little tussle just to test the yeah. theory. Yeah, mm-hmm. few few martinis just see what happens. Um, but either way, either way, so fun recapping. We managed to fill record one of the longest episodes of Q4, which is a feat. <laughs> In and of itself, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a delight. You guys need to check out me and Lara's show, Too Niche. I have the best time doing it. And I think this week was our celebrity wine haul. And then next week, I think very much inspired by the ladies of Rose Silk, we are hauling something that is so important to the holidays and to apparently this season of salt lake which is charcuterie the synchronicity at play between their charcuterie intake and our charcuterie hall is not to be understated no it's really important and it shows me that there is a higher power can i tease like the next episode after that of course after charcuterie we have a long haul of real housewives singles so we listen to and then rate I think we did like 15 songs of The Real Housewives, and that is also a banger episode. 
We're turning out A plus content. Banger episode. One that I feel like you and I have both been preparing separately for for decades. Elizabeth, you'll have to come back and we'll talk Vanderpump rules. I I have high hopes for this season. I feel like a lot has shifted and with our pump cast and they're kind of coming in as blank slate. It's almost like how, you know, when like Big died for Sex in the City, just like that. It's like now mm-hmm. all the divorces have happened. They're like loose on the town again. I'm um I always go in with high hopes. And I have for the past three years been so just deeply disappointed. But, you know, much like the child of an absentee father and like a, the Babysitter's Club movie. She just hopes that her dad, Christy, hopes her dad will finally come around. And this time he'll really show up for her only to be let down again. That's like me with Vanderpump Rules. But that little kid never gives up hope and neither will I. That hope, it's like, it's it's the Christmas spirit. Well, guys, until next time, love and light. Bye. Sexy Unique Podcast is created and hosted by me, Lara Marie Shane Halls. This episode was edited by Ness Smith Savadoff. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to Sexy Unique Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're craving more sup and just can't get enough and want access to things like bonus episodes, tons of premium content, as well as ad-free episodes of the pod, consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. You can find out more at patreon.com slash sexy unique podcast.